You're listening to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for being here. What will Donald Trump's presidency mean for Jews in the United States? Trump has made very specific appeals to supporters of Israel. He says he'll move America's embassy in Israel from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, an issue that has been hanging around in that issue for in that region for a long time. Uh, he calls Jerusalem the quote eternal capital of the Jewish people. At the same time, he has also appealed to openly anti-Semitic white nationalist groups. They consider him their candidate uh, and now their president. After a white nationalist conference in Washington, D.C. last weekend, the United States Holocaust Memorial Museum released a statement that included the following passage. Quote, the Holocaust did not begin with killing. It began with words. The museum calls on all American citizens, our religious and civic leaders, and the leadership of all branches of the government to confront racist thinking and divisive, hateful speech. Trump has since disavowed those anti-Semitic groups, but he has appointed some folks to his administration who are associated with those groups. We want to talk uh, much this hour about uh, this issue with uh, with Jewish issues in this country and in the Middle East and a, a just now coming together administration of Donald Trump. What kind of relationship will he build uh, not only with Israel, but with the Jewish community here in uh, America. And joining me to uh, start that conversation is David Kurzman. He is the executive director of the Jewish Community Relations Council here in Detroit and the American Jewish Committee. David, welcome to Detroit Today. Thanks, Stephen. Good morning. Yeah, good morning to you too. Um, one of the things that that uh, I think is really important to note here is uh, that this is not a this is not a quote unquote just a Jewish issue. Uh, the, the concerns about Donald Trump and discrete ethnic minorities or religious minorities here in the United States is is really widespread. Lots of different demographic groups are really concerned about things he has said, about some of the people he's put around him, about policies he has uh, he has embraced. I don't know that. Uh, that the Jewish community got a lot of attention for its concerns during the campaign. It was mostly the Muslim community, uh, the Latino community, uh, with regard to some of the things he said. But there were things all during this campaign that were kind of red flags about uh, what Donald Trump's uh, uh, vision of his relationship with Israel and his 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 vision of the relationship between the government here and the Jewish community would be. Sure. I think, Stephen, you're absolutely right uh, to say that there were concerns during the campaign about uh, really the kind of rhetoric that was out there, um, some of the voices that were uh, mainstreamed in terms of hate speech, um, in terms of incivility. Um, and I think like all Americans in communities um, uh, in uh, many, many minority communities, that we're trying to come to terms with what has gone on um, with this uncorking of the bottle that something has emerged that, frankly, we thought uh, was a thing of the past. Um, but it uh, actually should come as no surprise. Um, before I came on uh, came on as executive director of the Jewish Community Relations Council and now our partnership with AJC, mm -hmm. I spent five years at the Anti-Defamation League. And the ADL knows well and has been saying for quite some time that these uh, destructive forces, these voices that 
uh, are hateful, uh, they may exist on the margins, and largely they did for quite some time. Yeah. But they weren't eradicated. They weren't gone. And that um, it's a shock to many of us, but it shouldn't really be such a surprise that when these uh, voices are empowered, when they get some oxygen because they like some of the nativist rhetoric um, or specific uh, you know, uh, you know, policy proposals that might marginalize uh, minorities, that these extreme voices would latch on right. and that they could be really um, emboldened by that. Um, like you said, that is of concern to so many minority communities, and the Jewish community is right there standing shoulder to shoulder with yeah. everyone. Yeah. What, what are you hearing from people in this community about Donald Trump? I mean, uh, what are you hearing about uh, what he said and and about these people that he's had around him? <clears throat> you know, he, he seems to, to walk a strange line here, I think, where uh, he, through action, is welcoming in folks who have very clear histories of uh, anti-Semitism and, and other forms of, of bigotry. But then when he speaks now, he, he seems to be saying, well, those aren't my views and those are, that's not what I want to do. Don't worry about it. And I wouldn't put people around me who would do those things. Now, of course, if you go back through history, that's, that's a pretty familiar strain that we hear from folks before we start to see really oppressive uh, things unfold. I think we should take a step back first, that we're in this really difficult period in the immediate aftermath of the election, Stephen. And you ask, what am I hearing? I'm hearing concern. I'm hearing shock. I'm hearing some trauma, especially from those who didn't think that this was possible, that those who read the reports like everyone else in the polls and said that this wasn't going to happen. So what has led to this result and what are the multitude of factors? Um, the Jewish community is a very diverse community. It's, it's certainly not monolithic in sure. its views and in its politics. And we are having conversations, and I I know that you know tomorrow night at the Thanksgiving table, we will be having these <laughs> same conversations, the right? The same thing that everyone else right, is talking that we're about. We're all right? dealing with this. What were the motivations? What were people thinking um, that a vote for uh, President-elect Trump was not by many seen as a vote for racism, that it was a right. vote for other things and what what are really what is really going on uh, but the reality is since the election we have seen an uptick in incidents as you well know that are targeting minority communities yes. and the Jewish community has been victim of this as well um, and in our view attack on one minority community is an attack on all of us and we are in a position where we have to stand up and speak out about that and uh, you know I would encourage our entire community to be uh, you know shining the spotlight on that that we have to be reporting when we see incidents um, that it's you know, the Michigan Alliance Against Hate Crimes, the Anti-Defamation League, we need to call and say, this is what's going on, because until we talk about the issue, until we are speaking specifically to the incidents and calling them for what they are, we're not going to be able to deal with them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guest is David Kurtzman. He is the executive director of the Jewish Community Relations uh, Council and uh, American Jewish Committee. Um, we are talking about Donald Trump and the Jewish community. Donald Trump, the things that he said uh, that give concern to people in the Jewish community, some of the things that he done, including welcoming people into his administration with track records, clear track records of anti 
anti-Semitism uh, that are giving concern to people in the in the Jewish community. At the same time, Donald Trump has said, for instance, that he would move America's embassy in Israel from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. One of the things that uh, the Jewish community, both here and there, has been focused on in in recent years. So, what will a Trump presidency mean for that community? Is it different than what it will mean for other? Uh, ethnic and religious minorities who are concerned about the things that have been said uh, and some of the actions that have been taken. If you want to join the conversation, give us a call, 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. What do you think about some of the things that we are beginning to talk about in regard to uh, Donald Trump and anti-Semitism. Does someone like Steve Bannon, uh, the person that he has made one of his closest advisors in the White House, concern you because of the track record of anti-Semitism that sort of follows him around? Or are we jumping the gun and prejudging the president-elect and we should sort of wait to see what he actually does uh, once he's president. Again, 313-577-1019 is the number. 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page, put your comments there, or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. We'll try to work your comments into the conversation. Uh, uh, David, I, I, before we go to the phones, I want to ask you about this this uh, Tel Aviv to Jerusalem question, which I think a lot of people in this country don't really don't really get that, right? <laughs> Unless you've sort of followed uh, the history of Israel, really, you don't understand how important that is uh, to the Jewish people. Uh, let, let's sort of start with an explainer there. Sure. I think it starts with what Jerusalem means to the Jewish people and that it is uh, the real, you know, it's it's appropriate to call it that, eternal capital, that the Jewish people uh, are, are the, it's the homeland of the Jewish people. We're talking thousands of years, millennia of a continued Jewish presence in the land of Israel. And of course, the holiest site to the Jewish people, uh, the remnants of the uh, Holy Temple, now the Western Wall, is just there in Jerusalem. Right. So it is an incredibly important place. And of course, we recognize how critically important Jerusalem is to other religions as well, to Christianity, to Islam. And uh, of course, uh, you know, it's worth noting that under the Israeli government over the past 70 years, that kind of religious freedom has been celebrated and that all groups have the opportunity to go to their holy sites because of the kind of democracy and openness that is in the state of Israel. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, why has that been a controversial question, though, in the past? I mean, uh, given the, the the sort of sacred space that Jerusalem occupies, why hasn't the United States been able to, to just move its embassy there? Well, we know there's a political dispute, right? There's an ongoing dispute between the Palestinians and the Israelis. Um, this is a political conflict that uh, will need to be resolved by two parties coming to the table and finding a negotiated resolution to uh, settle the different uh, issues. And uh, there has been talk in proposals for some time that in a two-state solution, a Jewish democratic state of Israel alongside an independent Palestinian state, um, uh, there's been talk of where the capitals would be. Of course, today, and uh, we expect for 
the forever that the capital of Israel will be uh, Jerusalem. Um, the Palestinians stake a claim to a potential capital in Jerusalem. Yeah. I think there are some creative solutions that are out there in terms of how that could be managed. Um, but in terms of the political ramifications, I think that countries in the United States included have been uh, reluctant to say that we want to kind of uh, prejudge an outcome. Um, and I, I think rightly, uh, we believe that the two parties need to come together and figure out a solution. The United States can play as it has in the past with peace agreements that Israel signed with Jordan and with Egypt. The U.S. played an imperative constructive role. Uh, they played an essential role. We hope that will continue to be the case under a uh, President Trump. Yeah. Uh, again, 313-577-1019 is the number to join the conversation. 313-577-1019. On Twitter, Howard Collins says, disavowing is not condemning. One has to wonder why the president-elect can't or won't condemn the hate. Uh, obviously, uh, that's a appropriate comment for the conversation we're having. It's also sort of appropriate for some of the other things uh, that we have uh, seen come out and happen after uh, Donald Trump's election a few weeks ago. Uh, again, you can go to the Facebook page, WDET Facebook page, put your comments there, or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, uh, and uh, we'll work your comments into the conversation. Uh, let's go to Marie Claire in Gross Point. Welcome to Detroit yes, Today. Hi, good hey, morning. How are you? Good. Go ahead. Okay, well, uh, first, I am not a Trump supporter. I am a core Bernie supporter and just then switch to Jill Stein. Okay. Uh, and uh, I definitely, I do not support his uh, agenda, but I think what the Democrats are doing now is very undemocratic. He has won fair and square. We need to let him, give him the chance. He's not a conventional Republican, so we, we honestly do not expect, we don't know what he's going to do in January. He keeps changing his mind. I think if he does anything unconstitutional, I'm a minority too. I would be the first one in the streets. But I think we need to keep our eyes open and just give him the chance. Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, Marie Claire, I, I hear that from a lot of folks. They're, they're sort of saying, let's wait to see what actually happens uh, in January as opposed to reacting to the things that, that happen now. I think, though, uh, some of the, the, the concern is about these sort of gestures that are, that are being made and the way the administration is coming together, which may portend uh, what was going to happen in January, but but I appreciate the call and I appreciate the thoughts. Uh, Inder Paul in Troy, welcome to Detroit today. Hey Stephen, how are you doing? Good. How are you? Good. Hey, appreciate taking the call. I, I essentially wanted to point out what I think is happening in the media. Right when we ask the question, uh, do we need to like, do we need to wait until January? I think there are actions that have been already taken that make it very clear who he is from the things he said during the campaign period uh -huh. to the transition team he's announced. And we don't need to rehash the details. You know, the details. What, like my question to the media and to you is like, why ask the question? Do we need to wait when it's pretty clear that there are people suffering thousands of hate crimes have occurred uh, since the election. Like there's very clear impact he's had by his words. And those words are then at, like translated to action. 
And so why why do we need to wait until January? Yeah, no, I think, I mean, uh, if you're asking me, uh, I, I guess I, I would be in the camp of not waiting and, until January. I mean, some of the things that I've written, certainly since uh, the election, make that clear that I, I'm really concerned about uh, what's going on with, with the president-elect and especially the people he's putting around him. Uh, but, I, but I do think, uh, as Marie Claire said uh, earlier on the on the, the the caller from Gross Point earlier on the program, there are a lot of people who I think uh, feel as though they want to give Donald Trump a chance. And I guess what I'm getting at is, you know, what is the what's the sort of balance between those two those two positions? What's the what marks the difference between those of us who are already really concerned uh, and those who are still waiting to decide what their reaction is going to be? David Kurzman, go ahead. I would also add, Stephen, that there's that conversation going on, and I think there's an additional element, which is that people are looking for an outlet. They're looking for something to do. How can I stand up for the kind of society that I believe in, the kind of you know, values, diversity, inclusion, civility, um, that these are things that we, uh, many of us cherish. And so I'm getting a lot of calls and just running into people in the hall in the office saying, what can I do? What, and my what, message what is do, right? get, get involved, that this is a time to, you know, yeah, pay attention to what is going on in terms of appointments and, and those who wish to criticize can be out there and out front, but we need to organize as well. Um, this is a time for groups to be kind of uh, saying, all right, what's in front of us? How? What infrastructure do we have? And how can we work together? Um, it's a really interesting time within the Jewish community as we take our alliances with other minority communities and try to bring those to another level. Um, I, I'll point out the American Jewish Committee, AJC, which I'm privileged to represent here in Detroit. Uh -huh. uh, we just launched a national Muslim Jewish Advisory Council that's really the highest level um, interfaith uh, alliance coalition between the Jewish community and the Muslim community uh, in, in memory and bringing those groups together. We're doing it locally as well, um, where we're standing shoulder to shoulder with our friends and saying, this is the time to be united. This is the time to be looking out for each other. And so I encourage people to be active, to go to healing sessions and then go to advocacy sessions, right? right. It's not just the healing <laughs> part. It's the getting involved in getting engaged. Yeah. And that no matter what happens come January, we're going to all need to to be uh, prepared to to act yeah. if, if that's what it requires. Yeah, no, and uh, Inderpal, thank you very much uh, for your call uh, there from Troy. Let's go to Howard in Berkeley. Howard, welcome to Detroit Today. You there? Oh, I think we lost Howard. Uh, let's go to Skip in West Bloomfield. Skip, welcome. Hi, good morning. Today. I'd yeah. like to add the following fact to this conversation. Ivanka uh -huh. uh, Trump, um, Trump's daughter, uh -huh. married an Orthodox Jew, uh, yes. Jared Kushner. That's true. Jared Kushner, uh, convert, Ivanka converted to Ju uh, Judaism, and they raised three kids. They're raising three kids to be Orthodox Jews. Uh -huh. So I find it hard to believe that Trump could be anti-Semitic, uh, allowing Ivanka to marry an Orthodox Jew and and raise her kids this way. So, In addition... So, Skip, Skip, before yeah. you go ahead, uh, <clears throat> I think that's a really great data point to add to the conversation. I'm glad you called and, and made it. Uh, do, you, do you think, though, that that inoculates him from the other things that uh, that he's done or the other things that he's associated with? So, so someone like Steve Bannon bringing him into the White House, given his track record, 
we shouldn't we shouldn't be concerned because Trump's daughter is married to an Orthodox Jew. No, I'm not. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that it's uh, a good point yeah. in argument of that. Yeah. Fact. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Fair enough. The, the ironic thing about it was that uh, Chris Christie prosecuted Kushner's father. Yes. Put, actually, put him in jail, and and then they suspect that Kushner is very much involved in. Trump's decision making now. And pushing so, Christie out, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. No, Skip, thank you very much uh for the call and I appreciate uh I appreciate the the, the, the thoughts there. Uh John and Bloomfield. Welcome to the yeah, talk today. I, uh, hello, can you hear me? I sure can. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I would uh, I, obviously Stephen, I know that this was not your candidate and you know, so I, I think in in the interest of transparency your your listeners obviously should know that. Um, I don't think and, anyone who listens to this show is under any delusion yeah, about that. And, and, and you know, and, and I, I, I would echo that. You know, Jared Kushner. There was a great article in Sunday's Times about about how he is Donald Trump's most trusted advisor. Um, Lena Epstein was the co-chair of Mr. Trump's campaign here in, in Michigan, Michigan. Yeah, right. And you know, she's a, a high-profile member of the Jewish community. Sheldon Adelson. Uh, obviously was uh, a supporter of Donald Trump. In Nevada. If you saw saw the interview, or rather the video that Prime Minister Netanyahu released, I think he's going to feel much more comfortable about Mr. Trump than his relationship with Barack Obama, which seemed to be a fairly um, tense one, and and for whatever reason they did not seem to click. So I think the media uh, has to be very careful about painting with too broad a brush about the implications of anti-Semitism when there's a, a lot of evidence that Donald Trump also with wanting to be very careful about the Iran nuclear deal has the best interests of Israel at heart. So so uh, let me ask you this, John. Do you think maybe it is not so much then about Donald Trump himself as it is about some of the things that he seems to have uncorked in our society? So. Think of the thousands of uh, incidents that we've seen since the election uh, where ethnic and religious minorities have been the target of uh, either hate crimes or harassment or, or, or other kinds of things. People drawing swastikas on, uh, on, on places. Uh, do, you, do you think that maybe it's that you know people are concerned about the reaction to Trump as much as they are about Trump himself? I agree with you, Stephen, and I think I think what Donald Trump needs to do is to make a pointed reference to those kind of of hate crimes and step out and say, you know, I do not condone this in any way, shape, or form. These are not my supporters, and I don't think he can stress that enough. So I agree with you completely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd love to see him do that too. I'd also love to see him sort of address the idea that, I mean, he can't say there aren't his supporters. They are. I mean, uh, the, the Ku Klux Klan is among his supporters. I think what he needs to do is is draw important distinctions, uh, acknowledge that they are supporting him, and maybe address why and make it clear that he doesn't have the intention, if he doesn't, uh, to do the things that they are expecting him to do. I'm not holding my breath uh, for him to do that because I think that would require a certain amount of uh, humility that we have yet to see from the president-elect. But but I think that would make a big difference uh, in the way that people are reacting to, to this news. So, uh, John, I, I, I really appreciate uh, the call. 
David Christman? Certainly John's perspective resonates, you know, listening to folks in our community and the fact that, you know, there uh, are, are people who, who were not as traumatized by the result of the election. And I think we all look at the future and say, uh, with some optimism, is there, uh, is, can that play out? Can yeah. President-elect Trump go and really specifically, um, uh, you know, recork the bottle? Right. Um, that's uh, quite a task. And we're, we, but we can, you know, continue to, to raise our voices to say that those specific condemnations are very important yes. and telling the folks who feel that they have reached their moment that that white nationalism is uh, on the rise and, and has found a voice that that no, right. you know, go back I into don't the want corner. That. Yeah. You know, w- one of the things that's very frustrating is uh, the, the sort of strain of argument that says, well, these things aren't really happening or they aren't happening in more frequency than before, that the media are overplaying what is uh, you know sort of unfolding in the wake of the of the Trump election of course i think if you are a member of one of those communities you know that's not true you know that that there has been this very virulent strain of uh, reaction to the to the election that targets you and it's hard to get sometimes members of the majority to really see that and understand. Correct. And that's part of what we're doing as a community that, you know, we have privilege in the Jewish community that we can walk around and, you know, that we've achieved some right. status and we've got to, you know, with in terms of the majority population and say, generally, you know, unless I'm wearing a kippah, a head covering, that I'm not necessarily going to be identifiably targeted. Right. Um, but we have the responsibility. We are compelled by our values to say, wait a second, those folks who are being targeted based on how they look or act or whatever it is, um, and of course the Jewish community has been targeted as well sure. in terms of swastikas being painted on lockers yes. or where whatnot, um, we're compelled to speak up and to, to raise our voices. So, um, you know, I, I don't think we're overstating the issues that have come up in terms of the response. Um, I think there you can debate policies, administration, uh, appointments, and so forth, but the facts are there's been an uptick in incidents in schools, campuses, workplace, and these incidents are being reported. They need to continue to be reported, and we need to be outraged about that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, David Kurtzman, uh, Executive Director of the Jewish Community Relations Council and American Jewish Community. Uh, Thanks very much for being here on Detroit Today. Thank you, Stephen. All right. Uh, Up next, we're going to talk about how we can make Thanksgiving great again. Such serious talk on the show since the election. We're going to have a little fun because tomorrow is Thanksgiving and the holiday. How are you going to sort of have a lighter time with your family? Stay tuned on Detroit Today.